0: It is such a joy to get the opportunity to hang out with you. I'm excited about what God's put on my heart to share with you today. Uh, But before I do that, I just want to take a moment and give honor where honor is due. You are pastored by two of the best pastors this side of heaven, and Pastor Jeremy and Jen, so good. Uh, I love the way that they love people, listening to them talk about people by name their families, their life experiences. It is very clear, they love people. And if you needed a reminder of how much they love people, the way that they have invested and served the community of Cape Coral post-Hurricane Ian has been inspiring. And I want you to know you are led by great leaders here at City First. Can you give a big hand clap and thanks for them? Seriously, I appreciate you. Uh, In that same breath, I also would love to give a big shout out uh, to Pastor Chris and Abby down in Cape Coral as well. Come on. So good. Uh, We're thankful that God has put you there at this time to be the hands and feet of Jesus right there at Ground Zero. Make sure you keep them lifted up all week long. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm excited to hop into our next installment in our series Energy vampires. Over the last few weeks, we've talked a little bit about subjects like anger and comparison. And this week, let's just cannonball right into the 12-foot end of the pool with a new subject this week called regret. One thing, I yeah, come on, a deep breath right there. <laughs> like, no need to go there, Pastor. Calm down. <laughs> uh, regret can be defined as sadness over something that has been done or a missed opportunity. And let's just be clear, at the very front with everyone in this room and watching anywhere, every human has regrets. And every human, here we go, has the opportunity to handle our regrets in a healthy way. All you got to do is live life about 13 years and you're going to come up with a set of regrets. Decisions that you've made, some of you are just regretting your teenage years altogether right now. I understand, Uh, but I'm thankful that because we've made the choice to be believers and followers of Jesus, or maybe you're at a spot today where you go, "I, I don't know if I've made that choice yet, but I do identify with the fact that I've got a lot of regrets that I'm carrying. There is good news and hope for us today that we do not have to be the results of our regrets. There is an opportunity to move our story forward. Just look at somebody beside you and say, "It's time to move the story forward. Move the story forward. Move the story forward. Let's put some Bible on this this morning. Uh, the writer here in the book of Philippians, his name is Paul Paul, at one season of his life, found himself to be very dogmatic and legalistic. Uh, Those words simply mean that he was tied to the letter of the law and wanted to enforce it every opportunity that he got, so much so that he would persecute and murder Christians. Then he has an encounter with Jesus that changes his life forever. In this encounter that he has with Jesus, he finds himself now, here we go, going from a man that persecuted Christians to being a Christian himself. And I don't know about you, but there's some things in my past, probably in your past as well, that if someone reminded you of who you used to be, you'd have to fight to not go back to that place in your mind and in your heart. Paul is engaging with a group of people who are trying to remind him of what he used to be. But then Paul fires this scripture back in Philippians chapter 3 and says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Go back to that highlighted portion just for a second. It says, forgetting what is behind. Let's just be honest, in this room and watching online, uh, this is not a phrase that helps us to eliminate the memories of things that have happened. Like this isn't men in black, we were never here, right? This is one of those moments where we look at the word forgetting and we see that the word forgetting actually means to pack away or to put away something. So what scripture is saying here, when I forget, I'm putting away the things that have already happened including, here we go, our regrets. I'm putting them away today. I'm packing them away. For some of us, we've let them live in the attic too long, so now we got to pull them out of the attic or up out of the basement, and let's just incinerate them today and get rid of them once and for all. Regret is what we have as humans, here we go, but we don't have to live there and have our energy zapped right out of us. For me personally, Uh, I'd like to dive into one of my regrets this morning and uh, one of my, I have a lot of regrets by the way, but one of them in particular that I'll go ahead and dive into was uh, during my college years, how many would say that the college years were full of regrets? Y'all being quiet, I'm going to go talk to this side over here, all right? The college years were full of regrets. I had two, thank you, thank you, a couple witnesses, honest folks, here we go. I had two college experiences. Here we go. B.C. and A.D. It ain't what you think it is, though. B.C. was before common sense. (laughs) A.D. after debt. (laughs) My first college experience lasted three semesters, and within 30 days, I got evicted from my apartment. I got kicked out of college for academic probation, and I lost my work-study job in the admissions office. How many would say, that's a trifecta right there? <laughs> All because I didn't listen. Because, you know, at 19, you grown. Mm-hmm. I've lived 19 years. It's a long time. Got a lot under my belt. Clearly not. I'll never forget about four years later, I finished my, my second college adventure, and I had tens of of dollars in student loan debt. And some of you understand exactly what that feels like. And I'll never forget, at that point, I was making about $20,000 a year. Yeah, it was before inflation, and that was still low. Come on. One night in particular, I sat in my parents' living room, was living at home with them, and I'm just crying my eyes out because I thought I'd be further ahead by now. The pain of that regret, of wasted time, wasted money. Back then, I I was so immature that I thought, Student loan money was free money to buy sneakers. <laughs> oh, don't judge me. You got your own stuff. Come on. <laughs> you got your own stuff. And I made this statement. It's one of the seven popular statements of regret. I wish I was further ahead by now. Maybe one of these statements fits a fill-in-the-blank for you of Regret that you feel. I, I wish I worked a job that I liked. I wish I stood up for myself. I wish I was in better shape. I say this all the time. I've got two kids. Who's got time to go to the gym right now? <laughs> They're six and two, and I figure working out is just chasing behind them. Here we go. Uh, I wish I worked less. I wish I was a better friend. Or maybe you sit in church today and you don't want the person on your right or your left to know this, but deep down inside, this is yours. I wish I had a closer relationship with God. I don't know which of these statements or maybe none of these statements and you've come up with your own fits the fill in the blank of regret that you're sensing or that's sapping the energy right out of you. But what I do know about regret is this. When we live in regret, we live less than who God created us to be. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're going to have a ton of regrets. Financial decisions, relational decisions. One author actually took time to discuss with caretakers of those who were dying some of the wishes that they had and regrets that they were carrying with them to their deathbed. And none of them expressed that they wanted more money. None of them expressed that they wanted more things. All of them expressed, here we go, something we have the opportunity to control. Because when you live in regret, you're living less than who God created you to be. So what do I do with this Kyle? Great question. I'm glad you asked. When we live in regret and if it's less than who God created us to be, we we actually here we go have put ourselves in the position of running our own lives. Whee! This means that we've now leaned into pride. Instead of giving to him what doesn't belong to us, we choose to hang on what he says doesn't actually belong to you. And we live in this space. I know we don't like to hear this word, but I'm going to say it anyways. We live in this space of sin. But today I came to encourage you to return to him what doesn't belong to to you. And it's actually as simple as 1 John 1 verses 8 and 9. I'm going to read from the Message Bible because it talks to me like I talk to you. Here we go. If we claim we're free of sin, we're only fooling ourselves. A claim like that is errant nonsense. On the other hand, if we admit our sins, simply come clean about them. He won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us of all wrongdoing. I don't know about you, but this puts some espresso energy inside of my spirit today to know that there is a game plan for overcoming regret. And that game plan starts very simply by opening up our mouths and admitting, here we go, I Messed up. You ought to just look at the person next to you, especially if that's your spouse. Come on, that's a good moment right here. Uh huh. I messed up. If that's not your spouse, don't you talk to him. Uh uh, don't do that. <laughs> Be careful. I messed up. Oh, I, I made a decision that was less than who God created me to be. I I believed something that God never said about me. I, I got into a relationship because he was so fine or she was so pretty, and eight months later, uh-oh. We got issues. Because I made a choice out of my own feelings and not based upon listening to what was best from wise counsel. Uh-oh. I I I I I messed up but it leads I didn't do that great in math and I'll tell you when I started not doing great in math is when letters and numbers joined hands. <laughs> but I know enough to know this right here is that repentance is greater than regret. Yeah. I'm gonna talk to this side because I think y'all with me now here we go. Repentance is greater than then regret because repentance, it's not a simple I'm sorry. Come on, you got in a fight with one of your siblings before and y'all got caught punching each other and apologize, and you're like, sorry. As soon as your parents turn their back, right there, there it is. <laughs> there it is. That's, that's, that's not repentance. R- repentance literally means, here we go, to turn. Mm-hmm. Some of the time, the reason why we stay in regret and struggle living in regret, regretful of the decisions that we've made or the shortcomings that we've experienced, some of the time, the reason why we experience the things that we do that are related to regret is because we said, I'm sorry, but we weren't willing to turn. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Because sometimes we just want it our way and his way at the same time. But what would life look like if I said instead of staying in the direction I've always been in, I'm losing energy, I'm losing sleep, I'm losing friends, I can't date anybody. Come on, somebody, help me. Yep, yep, yep. I'm losing everything because I'm living in this abyss of regret. What if the simple next step was to say the way that I've lived to this point Point, is not healthy to continue any longer. I've got to take the next step and move the story forward in a new direction. Yeah. Yep. Because if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And I don't know about you. But I don't like having things stolen from me. You want to see see a whole nother brother come out. I don't like time being taken from me. I don't like relationships being stolen from me. I I don't like things being taken. And what regret does is pull us down a path where things are stolen from us. Can I preach just for a second and remind us that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he'll use any means necessary, including regret, to get it done. But then Jesus showed up on the scene with a gangster lean and said, I've come that you might have life and have it the way that I meant it, with peace and with joy, and with forgiveness, and freedom from sin, including regret. There's a couple gentlemen in Scripture that I'd love to look at today. Because these two lay out what it looks like to deal with regret. One, in a very unhealthy way and the other in a very healthy way. Both of these gentlemen were followers of Jesus. One's name is Peter and the other one's name is Judas. Peter by occupation was a fisherman that ran his father's fishery. Judas uh, was an accountant that was a little crooked in his ways. Scripture actually depicts him as skimming a little bit off the top and tucking it in his pocket. I don't know about you, that's not the guy you want doing your taxes, hello. Both followers of Jesus. Both walk with Jesus on a daily basis. Both are named in Scripture as being disciples of Christ. Peter and Judas. Like they had that kind of relationship with Jesus where they knew his coffee order. Come on. They had that kind of relationship with Jesus where they'd see him on a day-in, day-out basis. and They'd watch him heal the lame and the leper. They'd watch him handle different issues with the Pharisees. They'd, They'd watch him navigate different things during his public ministry. And then both of them had a moment when they made terrible decisions that landed them in a state of regret. Peter, uh, how do I say this nicely? He was just loud mouth. Come on. He, he had no filter. Come on. He's like that one uncle that you always think twice before you invite him to Thanksgiving dinner. Come on. Yep. Uh, he, he, he actually got called out by Jesus one day and he, he got told, hey, uh, you're going to deny that you ever knew me three times. And Peter's like, look, Jesus, I'm a ride or die. I'm with you to the end. If you fight, I fight. Where you go, I go. And Jesus paused him for a moment and said, you're going to deny that you ever knew me three times before the rooster crows. And in Luke 22 There's a series of dialogues as Jesus has now been arrested. And two different people look at Peter and say, weren't you one of Jesus' followers? Nope, not me. Young lady, I saw you with Jesus. Nope, wrong guy. In verse 60, another man speaks to Peter and says, didn't you follow Jesus? And Peter replies, man, I I don't know what you're talking about. Third time. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered. What did he remember? The word the Lord had spoken to him that before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And many of us can identify with verse 62. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Why? Because the decision he made left him full of regret. Have you ever made a decision before that the consequences of that decision showed up and it left you internally? Or maybe externally, weeping bitterly. I'm not talking about like a couple gangster tears. I'm talking about weeping. Sometimes falling to your knees because the pain is so great. Wondering, how could God ever use someone like me after something like that? One of my favorite parts of scripture is that normal people like you and I had human moments and knew what human emotions were? Peter left with regret. Our second character, Judas, he, he, he definitely wasn't much better. Judas finds himself in a scenario where not only is he skimming off the top from Jesus' public ministries, funds, but he also finds himself now just trying to get a little financial come up. So he betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And when Jesus is arrested and Judas realizes how terrible the scenario is, this is his response in Matthew 27. Judas, the one who betrayed him, realized that Jesus was doomed. And overcome with remorse, remorse, regret, they go together. He gave back the silver coins to the high priest. And he's, this is what he says, I've sinned. I've betrayed an innocent man and watch their response. What do we care? That's your problem. You ever been in a scenario like that before? Where you go to right the wrong and the only response that comes back is, That's your problem. Deal with it. As if regret didn't need three more stairs to go deeper. And Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Judas then went away. Same thing Peter did, ran away. Same thing Judas does, runs away. All the energy's been zapped out of him, but this next part is devastating. And he hanged himself. Judas allowed regret to grip his heart in such a way that he tried with his own hands to fix the situation. And when he found out he couldn't fix it, he took matters into his own hands and took his own life. Because regret unchecked will lead you down destructive paths to where thoughts that you never would have imagined possible months before now become thoughts that you entertain. As if something that happened in a moment in life is now worth taking your life. Judas, his primary challenge in this moment was that he tried to fix it himself. I'd like to go on record today and say that when we navigate through regret, the best thing that we can do is to get it out of our hands and into some nail-scarred hands, who was wounded for our transgressions, and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes alone, you and I can be healed. Yeah. Healed. Restored. Let's be honest, though. In this room and and watching online, all of us have a hard time getting these things out of our hands. Because we all like, here we go. Control. We all like to be the captain of our ship. Many of us are incredibly resourceful. We've had life experiences that have taught us X, Y, and Z. And we think we are fully capable of handling anything that comes our direction. Until something comes and smacks you in the face. (laughs) You're flat on your back. And you don't know where to turn or what to do. But here's where Peter and Judas take different paths. Because while Judas took matters into his own hands and tried to fix it, John 21 tells us a much different narrative about what Peter's response is. He's been away from Jesus now, still wallowing in regret. And John 21 says, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. So he called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. It's a weak no, by the way. (laughs) Then he said, here we go. Throw your net on the right hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Which, by the way, this is a repeat of a miracle that Jesus did before when he called Peter to follow him the first time. Verse 7, then the disciple Jesus loved, we know him to be John, said to Peter, Peter, it's the Lord. And watch Peter's response when he heard it. He put on his tunic for he had gotten ready for work, stripped for work. He what? Jumps in the water and heads to the shore. Judas ran away. Peter ran towards. Both disciples had regrets. Both disciples ran away. One disciple returned to Jesus, and that disciple was restored. I came this morning to remind someone in this room or watching online that you have run long enough and far enough But today, the God of all grace and love sees you not as someone of a failure, but as someone who is still full with purpose. And although the decisions of your life have led you to a place of regret, he is calling you out of your regrets and into his righteousness today. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And that freedom is as a result of you stepping into what Jesus calls you today do you believe this church family here we go in a minute I want to respond and worship together with you but when we worship here we go we're not worshiping through the filter of our failures that have led us to regret we now worship here we go through the lens of victory that said he prepared for my failure before I ever existed. How do you know this, Kyle? Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for all of us in this room. If this is the Jesus that you know, and this is the Jesus that you worship, and this is the Jesus that you serve, can you join me on your feet this morning? Can you lift up your hands towards heaven? Let's open up our mouths today and let's worship in response to the words that we've heard. He is our foundation, come on. i singing about won't fail I want to encourage someone in this room or watching online that this is your moment to step into a relationship with that Jesus song says faithful through every generation the same Jesus that came to find Peter is the same Jesus that today has come to find you and call you out of where you were into where he created for you today And every day to come. In just a moment, I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer of commitment. City First family, I'm just going to ask you to all pray this prayer out loud with me. Because it's never God's desire that anyone feels left out. And all that matters is that you pray this prayer from the perspective of Jesus today, I surrender my life to you. If you're surrendering your life, it also means you're surrendering your regrets as well. And when you do, he will bring joy you never imagined possible. Peace that passes all of your understanding and forgiveness today and every day to come. Do you believe that this morning? Come on, let's pray this prayer together out loud with courage. Jesus, I need you. I've tried on my own and i failed. So today, I lean into you. Forgive me of my sin. I choose you, be Lord of my life and King of my heart, today and every day to come. For the rest of my life, I build on you my firm foundation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, hallelujah. Come on, put those hands together.